0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of The Snapshot. We are your hosts. My name is Brennan Patrick, and I'm joined by none other than Marvel Snap Phenom, KM Best. The Snapshot is a Marvel Snap podcast focused on the competitive side of the game, and Episode 7 is all about the new MODOK madness. The new season pass just dropped, and along with it, some big shakeups to the meta. So, let's get into it. Alright, KM. How was your week in Marvel Snap?
1: My week in Marvel Snap consisted of me reaching infinite in like five hours. And then. Every like not just ever since, but even climbing up, it's all bots for me. That's what that's what my week in Marvel Snap consisted of. I'm Neo from the Matrix fighting 100 Agent Smiths. Uh, It's. Not the most enjoyable thing, but luckily I found a way around it. If I ever really want to seriously test something at this point I just go into battle mode and grab some of the people that I would play in Infinite normally. My rank my MMR is too high and so that's just what I gotta do until they fix the ladder. Because if I jump into ranked mode, the only thing that's good for is gold fishing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just seeing if a deck functions on a base level. It's not good for seeing how it matches up into anything.
0: Yeah, that's a huge bummer. That's actually su- we've talked about it before, obviously, but that's a that's such a broken system. I, I know that maybe on the initial grind to infinite, some players who end up in the the high bot elo might might you know see that as advantageous at the beginning to get a quick infinite, but after that, like playing all bots, being stuck in sort of you know infinite yep. one hundred plus, like that totally sucks. Um, well, I mean, that begs the question: since you now have a lot of experience with battle mode, what are you thinking about it?
1: It rules. Yeah. It's really good, it's a really, really, really good like i I'm, I'm a little shocked that I enjoyed it as much as I did yeah does it uh, did it change I, I, up
0: how you play at all
1: like uh are you are you... I specifically tried to not do that mm-hmm. like we we're doing testing, right the point isn't like, oh, I beat you, the point is what can we learn, right, so I specifically tried to not do stuff like uh oh, I just won't play any cards so I know what your your cards are and then I'll retreat on turn five kind of thing on the, in the first game of battle mode kind of thing. Uh, I, I get that. But we wanted to just see how the decks matched up. And that means that you can't do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So while I think that stuff would likely be advantageous in sort of real battle mode, I'm using it as a testing platform. So as far as its, its utility as a comp- competitive thing i I honestly i don't think i have too much experience with that i have plenty of experience with using it but not necessarily with using it in competition because that's not what i'm using it for right now
0: Mm, that's really interesting are there any other quirks that you think are sort of game theory optimal in battle mode at like a in a tournament setting um you talked about just how you snap mm -hmm. how you snap and what you know about your
1: opponent's deck list i i was playing against someone in battle mode yesterday and it was just like, well, we haven't seen a She-Hulk from them, so I'm going to snap. And then they played a She-Hulk, and it was like game
0: seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> well, they got me. Yeah. I had a, I had a similar experience, actually, pre-Leader at our I was playing against a friend, and he hadn't played Leader pretty much the entire time, and then smoked me in like a, mm-hmm. a max cuber with Leader. It's a yeah, it's a funny system. I'm I'm excited to see how that how that develops, and I, I genuinely hope that they fix they fix the bot elo at least at the top end. I understand, of course, I understand the importance and the role of bots in in Marvel Snap. Um, but the the idea the idea that you will be playing mono bots at, at high elo is obviously just a, a broken um, sort of symptom of that. And uh, yeah, I hope I I genuinely hope it gets addressed because that is yeah. a huge bummer. <laughs> you're just you're just stuck. I, I mean, mean, do you think you yeah, could tank games and it. get out
1: of it? I don't even know. I've lost multiple I I, I, when I was testing Modoc decks, I lost three eight cubers in a row and it was still all bots. So whatever it is, I'd have to lose a lot more than that. Just straight up pumping 24 cubes into the ecosystem and I still don't get anything but bots.
0: Was your was your grind up pretty much mostly bots as well?
1: Yep. Mm. It was bots and the same five people that I played before the reset, which begs the question, uh, what the fuck is the point of the reset? Yeah, like, oh, you're resetting your MMR and you still play the same exact five people you played at rank 270. Just you're playing them at rank 70 now. I've complained about this for a while because one of the major issues that I had climbing up earlier in earlier seasons was I was just playing the same five people. We all knew what decks we were playing and they were all pretty damn good. And that makes the climb up arbitrarily hard. It makes it really hard to do the climb up, right? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're playing the same five people that you were playing at rank 200 and you're playing them at rank 70, well, you have to get plus 30 on those really good people. You have to gain 300 cubes off of those really good people. And I was like, this is absolute garbage. It sucks. Why would you make the climb like this, right? And so this month I was like, screw it. I'm going to do it early. I'm going to do it early. I'm going to push through it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just just abuse Zabu and and get it done. And I got it done. And it's like, uh, well, this is this is just the opposite of how it used to be. But it's still bad, right? Like, why are the only two options? I play all the same people and it takes forever or I play a bunch of bots and it takes five minutes. Yep. Why can't I just be put into the like, why can't I just play a bunch of people who are ranked 70?
0: yeah that's that's sort of i'm on the opposite side of the spectrum where i'm i I don't usually play immediately when the season drops um and i actually waited for nerfs this time so i'm pretty much just playing the same people the same people i've been playing for months now to be honest and they're the people that you were playing that usually you usually run into in stream because we're on the same we're on the same server people like Chet, right the human spider like i'm playing but now i've
1: I've, I've left everyone behind yep (laughs) like it's just me now it's, it's like I, I, I've i ascended past the norm. Like, that's where I would normally be. I like last season. I took a lot of pains to keep my MMR in that range for most of the season. All right. I'll play some bad stuff. As long as I'm playing humans, it's, it's all good. And this season, I was like, no, screw it. Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's go. Let's go, Let's go get it. get to infinite because I hate the climb. I hate that climb from 70 against the same people thing. I hate it so much. I was like, screw it. Let's go get it done. And somehow, apparently, my only two options are play no people or play the same people. Mm -hmm. Why are those my only two options? I have absolutely no idea why that is, but it is.
0: Yep. Why? Good question. I think a lot of people are are in the bracket of playing the same players because I've I've actually seen some YouTube videos of content creators like pointing out like how hard it is like now, and it's just like it's all based off that hidden MMR. But if you get stuck in the you know playing the same kind of five or tens. Really, really good players. Man, it is a freaking yeah. grind from like a like God
1: forbid you end up you end up in the educated Collins KM best Leandro Leal uh human spider chet bracket. Yeah. Like that's what you have to climb against if you hit that rank. It's a grind. It's like that that's <laughs> awful. Why would you want to do that? Uh, <laughs> Why would why would anyone be like? Yeah, I would love to play those people at rank seventy. That sounds dope. <laughs> yeah, I'd love Jesus. to play them at rank one hundred.
0: But it does make that grind take a freaking long time. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. All right. Well, with that said, into the news. The news is pretty much the same as last week, which is the nerfs. Um, in case you haven't booted up the game yet, Zabu was nerfed to a two two, and now it discounts everything by one. And Surfer was nerfed to a three two, and it now gives everything plus two instead of plus three. These nerfs were massive, and they are the reason for the Large shift in the metagame, a breath of fresh air. Cam, now that you've had a chance to play in the post nerf world, what do you think? Are you enjoying the game more?
1: I've got an extremely funny story, which is there was a guy who used to be in our in, in that MMR bracket, like one of the people I would play,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he quit the game for like a month before Zabu even came out. He came back like yesterday, and he's like, "Ah, I, I completely missed this Zabu card. What were they thinking?" <laughs> It's just like, yeah, no, it's pretty bad, man. It was a pretty bad, it was a pretty bad thing to see. Uh, As far as the nerfs, yeah, I'm enjoying the game more, for sure. People are playing stuff that used to be good. Mm -hmm. The whole metagame feels like right now it revolves around getting priority and playing Arrow. I missed that. I missed my I missed my bay.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that guy. I think he was playing during Death Wave and then came back and he's like, Death Wave is still the best deck. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you missed <laughs> miss the whole era of just like the toxic Zabu leader um, shenanigans. But um, I actually kind of think that
1: there might still be some toxic stuff to get done with Zabu. But I, I, it needs a little more time in the oven. Uh, I've got I've got I think people gave up on Dracula Zabu too early. That's mm. what I'll say. Mm. I think a lot of the post-Nerve Zabu things I've seen is like, oh, we'll play Dark Hawk and value cards. What if we just kept trying to do unfair stuff? Mm. I don't know if it works, but I think people gave up on it too early. I didn't even see anyone even trying it.
0: Yeah, uh, I do echo your sentiment though. the The general play pattern of games is much more enjoyable and rewarding. I think, uh, like, it, bear, playing arrow on t- your opponent playing arrow on turn five with priority does have like its own feel bad, but it's nothing close to being snapped on turn two. Your opponent plays Sabu and you don't have it, and you're right. like, you stayed in just to see if they have, it, and you're like, God, dang it! Now you've got fifty rocks in your deck, and you're just like, oh my god, what is? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: one other, one other, like, weird note. I- People, I think, are talking a lot about Shuri mm-hmm. as a sort of deleterious force on the metagame. Like, it's going to be like, oh, that's what's going to be what's to the metagame. I kind of think if anything's going to ruin this metagame, it'll be Galactus. Mm. Because that has the same dynamics as the, the, the Zabu thing, where it's like, well, it's turn four, do the thing, or, or make me not do the thing. Galactus has, like, more reasonable counterplay, but it's like, okay. Did you guess wrong on the Polaris? Pay up two cubes. Did you guess wrong on the Arrow? Pay up two cubes. Was I able to fill up this lane before you could Arrow stuff to it? Guess what? Two cubes, right? So there's, a, there's like, Polaris is basically in all of my decks right now. Mm-hmm. Arrow is basically in all of my decks right now, just because, like, they give you a little bit of game in those situations where you would otherwise have absolutely no game.
0: Yeah. I am a huge fan of I'm a huge fan of Polaris to be honest. I uh, I think it's one of the best. Oh,
1: she's so good. So, she's so my so favorite good. three drop. Same. She's my favorite three drop and she has been since last season.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people would often play the Maximus in the Polaris slot and you know, I, there are decks that definitely should be doing that, but uh, sometimes I find that Polaris is just so much better because it, the Polaris the player's upside is usually just so 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 good like and um three five is a great stat body at that um but yeah like the the glass costed like her thing is a downside i know right yeah, like you look at the
1: other three fives and it's like oh it's 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 all things that downsides right or things that are you have to make work with other cards in your deck but her thing is just like a flat
0: upside yeah to- totally agree um but yeah let's go ahead and head into the bend and snap sections our listener question section if you want to get your question read out on the pod shoot us a comment on youtube um but this one comes from i i Hopia, 1806 uh says what are your guys thoughts on move decks and what kind of utility could add could the game add to make it make them better i personally love move and dagger especially can get to some crazy high numbers like a 217 your thoughts they're better
1: than you think, mm-hmm. honestly, they are better than you think they're just really hard to play uh like they like I, they're probably not like super amazing good, but if you look at like like if you look at the kind of decks people are playing right now, there's a lot of people moving your cards, arrow, magneto, Polaris, right, and so there there's definitely like some room for like, uh, I expect an arrow here, let me just jam a vulture kind of thing like i I don't. I don't know exactly how it plays out, but I do think you can reasonably play move decks into some matchups. Here's the issue, though. And I have the same issue with a lot of modoc decks, which is they don't interact. What these decks are doing is just saying, you know, I'm going to put points on the board. I'm doing points, and then I'm playing Arrow. And, like, you might be able to do that well, but is there a better way to put points on the board and then play Arrow? Maybe, I don't know. You're le- like the good move decks that I've seen leverage a lot of uh, sort of known and unknown information, basically, which is to say, like, eo, you know, am I playing Arrow or am I playing Heimdall? Can you play around both? That kind of thing, right? And so it's they don't tend to have like hard interaction. I would say, like, you can't play something like Shang Chi, so. If you are up against a Shuri deck, you better just be able to get 30 points in two lanes or at least one of those lanes, right? And that's that's like very dependent on your draws. And that's sort of the issue where it's like, are you tall enough to ride? I'm not positive. It's better than I thought, but I think it's mostly still either a supplemental strategy or a bit of a gimmick.
0: Mm-hmm. I think this is... Uh this is kind of a, like a big filter for a lot of decks in Marvel Snap like there are, there are so many different archetypes you can be playing but at the end of the day for the non-interactive decks they do come down to a lot of just point slam and it mm-hmm. often it often tends to be that there's just one deck that kind of wins out as the deck that point slams the best and there's not really a compelling reason to not be playing that deck if you're looking to point slam right. um, it's kind of like in other games when you, when you look at when you're looking at a meta and there's like an aggro deck there's often just one best aggro deck it was the aggro deck that goes the fastest and it's like if you're playing the second best aggro deck it's like why why are you doing that because you're playing a linear game plan and trying to put as you know be as aggressive as possible or as a marvel snap put as many stats on the board as possible and there's no there's no reason to be playing second best i'm not sure if move Totally falls into that category, but that is why move was effectively kind of like, in my opinion, kind of deleted from the game when Zabu and Surfer were unnerfed because the point slam potential of decks was so high that these, these sort of more niche archetypes just could not compete at all. With that said, and the nerfs coming, you know, potentially move is a, is a viable deck and it's, I feel like it's not far from a single card upgrade. Yeah. Like it's not far from being a potentially top deck, I think.
1: I think, the, it's, I think it's not so much an issue of the point output it can have, which is actually very high, right? It's an issue of doing it reliably.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you can absolutely go crazy with some move cards, and you will absolutely rob people when you do. But are you going to be able to do that reliably? Are you going to be able to do that without getting shang chi Are you going to be able to do that better than another deck that has counterplay to the shang chi and stuff and are you going to be able to do that like why would you not just be playing like you know shuri red skull which runs armor and cosmo to prevent them shang chiing you right Mm -hmm. like you don't have the issue with the move deck is you you devote all 12 cards to being a move deck and that's a tough spot to be in
0: yeah honestly it it seems like in marvel snap (laughs) it's often cracked to not commit 12 cards to doing an individual strategy because there are a few cards in certain slots that shine so far above the rest, like the Polaris at a 3-5 with a quote-unquote downside that is just, just an upside. Not uh, a downside, yeah. yeah. So- Yeah, with the thing about the, yeah, with the move decks, we can talk about the ceiling all day long and we've seen it, right? You, you've played against a move deck that's hit you with some ridiculous stats, um, and just totally run away with the, run away with the game. But the floor on the move deck is, is often pretty low and they're open to things like Shang-Chi, Cosmo. These things can be pretty devastating. So move. Move is potentially a good archetype. I think that it just needs the the correct deck list, right? I don't think committing 12, you know, just putting, you know, searching the keyword move, like, uh, you know, move into in Marvel snap and just building 12 cards that have that. I don't think that's correct. And um, yeah, maybe it's just one more, one more card away from being a top deck, or it could be now and yeah. people just haven't found the correct list
1: the thing move is good at is being unpredictable which Mm -hmm. is super valuable but is it is it valuable enough to make your whole deck unpredictable or is it valuable enough to like i don't know put like one move card in a good deck and trick people with it right like you see decks that are playing like heimdall in the ramp deck just to get people Mm -hmm. just to scam people and i almost think that's a more compelling use of most of the move cards
0: yeah, I think move, it's funny because move is also somewhat seen as like the big brain deck. And I've uh, I've even heard the term like the Heimdall math because it, it can get quite confusing. So I think it has an appeal, right? Because it's it's a deck that I think that has a bit of a, a higher skill ceiling that you can put you can put time into. Yeah. And people people sort of might absolutely that that can. Yeah.
1: And like, it's absolutely a powerful thing to be doing if you are drawing the cards in the right order. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of is there something that makes it easier on you? That's comparably powerful and, uh, you know, isn't 50 50 ing every Shang-Chi with a Heimdall. You know what I mean? Like, you got, you, you okay, you popped off, you have your 13 power vulture. You better hope they don't guess where it's going. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like that, that, that always sucks, right? Because it's like you invest with, with move, you invest so heavily in vulture, human torch, dagger that if one of them gets blown up, you're usually in trouble. Like, if they're big enough to be relevant in the game, They're also big enough to get blown up.
0: Do you think that move is uh, a little bit sensitive to location RNG as well? Uh, Honestly,
1: like, you know, not particularly. No, I actually think move benefits from location RNG because there are so many locations that just close off, right? There Mm -hmm. are so many locations in the game right now that are just like, you cannot play cards here. And move is really good on those locations. I think that's actually the biggest upside of the deck. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're it's right. like, oh, you got a plunder castle. Ah, Sorry, buddy. Oh, you got a sanctum sanctorum. I win mm-hmm. like that. That's like, you know, it. it's it's hard to get your combos off, but you get a freely one lane a lot of the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, there's probably not a lot of hoser locations. Like I'm thinking more of like Space Throne, Rickety Bridge, stuff like that. But oh, like, no, those are bad. Yeah, those are bad. <laughs> I mean, every the, deck. day. Don't get me wrong. Every deck has a lot for like everybody. That, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, like, what? the only decks those are good for are, like, Doc Ock
0: decks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Awesome. I also think move uh, 100% cold to Galactus, unless you can arrow their Galactus. <laughs> you are just <laughs> absolutely cold to that shit. Uh, that That's that's tough.
0: Yeah. it's. Have you been, uh, well, have you been, what has your success rate been against Galactus now that your decks are running both Polaris and arrow into them? I have not seen enough Galactus. You
1: know, you know my issue. Mm-hmm yeah i have i have the robots yeah i feel like the I- guy i play the one guy i regularly play, yeah. <laughs> is still playing dark hawk Zabu. yeah <laughs> uh so like as far as testing i i we, we can we can run the galactus test i suspect what would happen would be uh whenever they are able to fill up a lane and prevent me from arrowing they will win whenever I am able to fill up a lane, whenever they are unable to fill up a lane and I can arrow their shit, I will
0: win. <laughs> yeah. Arrow seems like a... a vi- it just seems so good against against Galactus. Um, especially because usually the decks it's in are winning priority. But let's go ahead and hang, head into the main topic. Before that, yeah, if you want to get your question read out on next week's blog, shoot, shoot us a comment um, on YouTube and we'll get that queued up. But for the main topic, we're just talking about the new meta, MODOK Madness. Um, again, the nerfs came in. They, they sort of... It changed everything around, and we're seeing a lot of deck diversity right now. We might converge onto a sort of quote-unquote best deck soon enough. Um, might see some more, so I don't know, less diversity on, uh, on the ladder, but for now, it does seem quite variable. Cam, I just sort want to of start off with, uh, what do you think is the best deck in the game right now?
1: No idea. Sorry, no idea. Not going to give you an answer. Don't know uh i think it's too early for anyone to say this is the best deck because you know like I, i've had a lot of success with the Sarah tech deck right i post the Sarah tech deck and then suddenly dara posts the death wave deck and you know Sarah Tech's not very good into that and so suddenly then, then i'm like okay what beats death wave we have this like leech uh armor co- leech armor move control deck right that's pretty good into death wave i i i did uh a couple battle modes against a really good player on death wave and won both of them on this it's actually gonna be a youtube video probably by the time this podcast is out yeah and uh yeah no it's it's a like they're they things are still in flux i actually have like a couple Zabu decks in the oven that i just i i don't know how they match up into stuff but i really like them Uh, there's, like, other builds of Sarah. There's a bunch of, like, Mr. Negative decks popping up around here. There's a ton of MODOK lists, which is actually originally what I built the leech deck for, was just, like, I'm gonna leech these MODOK players. (laughs) That was the whole idea. It was like, all right, all right, look, if you're gonna play a card that discards your hand on turn turn five, I'm gonna make sure you don't get any of those cards in your hand back. Mm -hmm. That was the whole point.
0: Let's start. And, off, well, uh, let's start off with the with the Saratech deck because I have it pulled up here. Just walk me through some of the decisions. Obviously, you added you kept Zabu in this deck. Um, we're running Enchanter Shang Chi, kind of the classic interaction. Any other cards you want to point out? Play patterns, and you talked a little bit about what you were preying upon, but just uh, just dive a little bit deeper into that. I I don't know. Uh, I think
1: this deck is pretty weak into specifically the card wave on turn five. Mm. Uh, because it's not exactly great at getting priority, and it's not exactly great at being ahead of the, the of the Deathwave decks, which are kind of the things you need to do because they're just gonna arrow your shit out there. Uh you have these like mysterio things where you can try to fill up your lanes in that matchup. It's a little iffy. Basically, this deck is built for an open metagame, right? It's very unfocused. That's one of the things you'll notice, right? And that's why something like Deathwave can beat it and why you'd have to modify it if you wanted to compete in that matchup, right? Because this deck is built for an open metagame. We're playing Enchantress. If nobody's playing, like, like the Enchantress here is a nod to, like, I expect people to play Mr. Negative, right? Like, it's just like, I want to have that base covered. I don't want to lose to some shit. But if nobody's playing anything that Enchantress hits, you don't need the player, right? The Killmonger here is a nod to people playing Sunspot. It's a nod to people might be trying Zoo again. But if nobody's doing that, you don't need to do it, right? This is a generic shell yeah Mm -hmm. like it's just about being generic it is about having answers to everything you might see you you as a metagame evolves you take a shell like this and you customize it to what you actually do see you know what i mean
0: yeah i feel like we've been we've sort of been through this metagame evolution before as well where the, the sarah deck was was doing decently well then the death wave deck came onto the scene did extremely well sort of took over the meta and then of course you know i think the the leader stuff came came after that but now with leader gone we now have death wave sort of cementing its cementing its slot but um yeah i think this is also just a a great early early ladder deck because people are trying out many many things it just
1: gets shit done like if people are still experimenting this will fuck up whatever they're experimenting with that's Mm -hmm. pretty much it right like you want to try something sorry dude
0: shouldn't have fucking tried things yeah and like you said uh yeah wave wave is definitely tough for this deck so i want to go on to this deck you were playing pretty recently on stream uh the one you talked about to counter death wave mover uh did you ever switch out that magneto slot because i remember when i tuned in i I heard verbatim as soon as magneto sucks (laughs) (laughs) he
1: kind of does it's it's magneto is sort of there because like I, i guess it's just like what else would be there Like, what else, like, every time I try to switch it out, because what I really, what what really gets me with this is, I wonder if I could take out Magneto and a three and try to fit in Zabu and Shuri and Vision, and I just, like, I I can't figure out how to make it work. I've been dancing around it the whole time, basically. Mm -hmm. I've been dancing around, like, okay, how do I fit Shuri in here, and I just haven't figured out a good way to do it. I wonder if maybe I'm just supposed to play vision straight up or something. i I don't really know, but I have been trying to figure it out. This is as close as I've gotten, where it's just like I never feel I can't figure out what I lose to here,
0: yeah. how like how important so this this is pretty close to a a deck list that existed uh sort of yeah it's just it's just leech leader exactly leech leader went, what i quote is the best deck and then that sort of morphed into the shuri vision stuff so i mean the biggest question is how important- right but now now like the issue is that morphed into the shuri vision stuff
1: because the stuff that you were leeching is wasn't around it much anymore right like the stuff that you were leeching was remember that that got developed when lamentus one was the featured location mm-hmm. so the stuff that you were leeching was everyone's deaths and then after that lamentus one location went away no one was playing deaths anymore and so it was like, okay, how do we win the mirror? We win the mirror with Sherry Vision, right? You get your big points down before the leadership happens. And so you end up here, we're back here with the leech because of Modoc. Because people are playing death again. People are doing things where it's like, oh, I'm going to cheat you with the hand. And you, like you think this is, oh, this is bad against, you know, Red Skull decks or whatever. It's actually not. Those decks are pretty reliant on Arnim Zola and Taskmaster to make a second big guy. And that card always comes out on six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, it's actually like kind of reasonable into that. Uh, so when I tested it against Shuri, I was shocked. I was basically like, when I tested this, I was shocked by how good Shuri was against the red skull deck or how good leech was against the red skull decks and how medium leech was against death wave. Leech was not an important part of eating death wave mm-hmm. basically ever. What, what beat death wave was just like, you know, the armor polaris your bucky to the armor lane uh white queen your death and be ahead and arrow your shit that's pretty much it yeah which is pretty that, much a classic that's what beat deathwave yeah like like it, we didn't even need the leech for that I, like it was weird it was really weird like there's still room to be messing around with this right because i like i don't even i don't know how many leech games i won against deathwave i don't think it was that many uh it, it, it really felt like it was more just, you know, armor, Polaris, White Queen, Mister Fantastic makes me ahead on all these lanes. Play Arrow after you wave, you die. It was just that.
0: <laughs> it's like okay, yeah. Deathwave is also one of those decks. It's just like it's qu- it's quite predictable um, as well. Shuri's Shuri's sure a card that and Marvel Snap that I feel like it's just. It's just a cut above the rest. It, fe- it just feels a little bit pushed. And I kind of, I just always want to find a way to put it in my deck. But sometimes, yeah, it can be awkward going into your turn five and you're know, like considering yeah, leeching. I but couldn't figure out a way to do it. Shuri Arrow is so good. And Shuri Vision is so good. And even, you know, Shuri into i don't know white queen is totally fine i mean the card is just so freaking strong at this point that i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised to see an evolution to to incorporate it but i mean this i'm so happy to see thor played again thor is just such a it's a fun card but was completely deleted off playability due to the korg freaking um rock slide stuff
1: i mean yeah i don't know is thor actually like the card you really desperately want to see I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like I I, I Thor is like my like I, I he's very much like the third, the the flex slot in this deck. <laughs> Sorry I hate to say it, but um uh, I uh I think he's very much the flex slot in this deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the the slots are they I don't know. The the slots in this deck, they always feel they they've been feeling kind of tight since you know this ever was kind of rose to popularity but this, you know, this idea of Scorpion Armor Lizard uh Polaris white queen arrow it's just like it's like you really can't be changing that those those cards are just so good in this meta they're just like arguably the best drops at those uh, at those respective resource values let's go let's look at um i mean speaking of the rest gold deck let's just circle back to natty light have you uh have mm-hmm. you have you played this at all since the season drop how do you think this deck is doing i
1: tested i tested mover against it actually mm-hmm. Uh, I tested the deck, uh, the, the just the leech control deck against it. Uh, I ended up, I will say this, I ended up losing that set. Uh, I, I, like, it went down to the final game, and I lost it on basically like a coin flip. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like, oh, well, I, I talked to the guy I was testing against afterwards, and he was like, yeah, that, that basically just felt like an even set. Like, we, as far as I can tell... The the, the the just having a control deck and being a control deck into that is, is actually just fine. It's just totally fine. One thing I will say though is there's there's this bit that's worth investigating which is I'm not sure that deck is the most optimized for the matchup into the deck I was playing which is to say I think there are ways for the Shuri deck to give the deck I'm playing trouble. Things like uh, cutting Doc Ock maybe and just relying more heavily on cards like Cosmo and Armor to protect yourself from my interaction rather than you know Doc Because Doc Ock, basically every time he was played in the matchup, there's so many Shang-Chi's out now. It feels like every time you play a docock, he's just 50-50 to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good way to lose. And one of the one of the one of the games we actually lost there was when the Doc Ock pulled every card but Shang-Chi from my hand. It's like, <laughs> oh, they're just so much better than me. <laughs> what an incredible, <laughs> incredibly skillful play. <laughs> the most skillful Doc Ock of all time. But, like, that's the kind of thing that, like, you, you got to do that to beat the Shang-Chi, right? If you're not playing Cosmo in the deck, yeah? Mm-hmm. But if you are playing Cosmo in the deck, you become a lot more linear, right? If you're playing Cosmo, everyone knows what you're doing, right? It's just very obvious what's happening. And, you know, let's say your opponent has an armor in another lane, right? You, you can't do the Zola thing anymore. You can't, like, it's a very weird, it's a very weird and predictable deck. Such that I think people, once they get experience against it, will stop being so mad about it.
0: Yeah, I'm honestly not a fan of the Zola plan, like at all, especially into an era heavy meta. It just feels it's it's ultra predictable and it just has there's so much counterplay to it. The task the taskmaster is being sort of your top end curve on six with, you know, potentially also dropping the titania and another lane that's full. Um, much <laughs> I'm a much bigger fan of that, especially with all the armors running around too. Like, I mean, Arnim Zola just feels like it is not uh made for this life at this point. Yeah. Uh,
1: Zola has never been a card that I like very much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well uh it's yeah I don't know. I want to hop into this Death Wave deck. <clears throat> I mean looks pretty pretty stock standard. Um do you see the Squirrel Girl, which I'm not sure if you were playing that sort of back in the day. Uh, I actually think this list is built very smartly. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like why are
1: you playing Squirrel girl? Why are you playing Iceman? Because the only thing that matters is having priority. That's it. That's the only thing that matters. You you place you play Squirrel Girl, which lets you actually do your carnage bullshit, right? People play like Armor and Cosmo to stop you, but like really, Armor and Cosmo are about stopping Bucky, not about stopping you getting to the death thing. And Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girl takes priority and then dies and pumps your death. It's good.
0: It's good. Mm-hmm. Anything uh, right now? I think it's smart. Do you uh, since? Do you want to run the, the listeners through just like some particular lines with this deck? I mean, I'll start off with, you know, it's often wave on five and or you're sorry. Yeah. Wave on five. They're playing She-Hulk and Death on six. I mean, that's something I guess people might not notice immediately, but anything else? I mean, we do see the Shang-Chi. Or the Shang-Chi uh, make it stuff that
1: you'll have to. Here's some here's some real stuff, right? Because people are going to talk about the hood and I will tell you why in the play patterns it, it's not as ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Because with She-Hulk in the deck, you you need to float two energy on the uh the turn you play wave right, and that's normally the turn when you'd actually be able to play the demon, because you know you if you're playing the demon on one first of all it's probably getting cosmoed or armored at some point right. If you're playing the demon on like you so you end up wanting to play the demon a little bit late right. So you play the demon on like four with a death lock so it always gets blown up that kind of thing yeah, but then you actually can't play it on five if you're going to play the She-Hulk, because in order for Wave She-Hulk to work, you have to be floating two energy to bring She-Hulk to a discounted minus two, which, which then, when Wave sets her to four, will make her cost two, so you can play She-Hulk and another card. And that's kind of the whole thing your deck is built around, and you're not going to sacrifice that just to play a demon, so then you're asking the question, why did I even play this card that has minus two power, right? That's, that that like, just not dealing with that at all, is i think makes the deck way easier to manage and much more like uh straightforward in my opinion
0: yeah no, it's it's definitely a super powerful, super powerful deck right now, and I mean, it, it's probably vying <laughs> for for top deck in the meta um, at this point. I want to bring up these these negative Panthers abus. You, you mentioned running into it a little bit. Do you think this is this is like a legit force uh, to be reckoned with? I pulled this list from Howling Mind specifically from Marvel Snap Zone. Um, so not sure if it's exactly how you would build it, but what, what are your thoughts on, on the Mr. Negative Zabu? Is it too high variance? Do you feel like you kind of just have to draw the card? I mean, what are your thoughts? I actually played it a little bit and, uh, I will say
1: that I think the best part about it was the Panther stuff. The Panther stuff (laughs) was actually just awesome. When it worked, the Panther stuff was super cool, but it, it kind of has this issue of like, uh, that doesn't always work. Yeah, That's not always the thing that works for me, dude. Uh, I, my personal opinion is that if you are a degenerate combo addict, this could be a, a deck that you love. If you are someone who wants to have a lot of snap equity, this could be a deck that you love. I do think that if people just leave when you Mr. Negative snap them, you're probably never winning. You're probably going negative cubes Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there's a lot more games where that doesn't happen where than it does. I think there are a lot of promising Mr. Negative Zabu Psylocke lists right now. I'm getting over my hatred of Psylocke slowly, Uh, but, you know, we're 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 working on it. We're working on it. I, I don't think this is what I would play.
0: Yeah. my experience has uh, been pretty much universally <laughs> negative with this list over the past few months whenever it's it's creeped up but if you like if you like drawing 5 uh, Iron man's this is this is definitely the list from you you can do some powerful stuff but yeah the consistency just isn't quite isn't quite there for me I'm gonna I'm gonna go to one more list before we get into the Modoc list it's just gonna be a pool three list this is from Freddie babes um, yeah I mean it's just a value list I, I haven't I haven't played it yet so I can't can't totally vouch for its its sort of efficacy, but it does look it does look quite legit. Like you're playing the calling wing just to get extra value in the swarm, get the multiple O threes, and it's just it's just a nice curve. You see the Polaris Maximus, so I recommend giving it a try. I, just, I like to give everybody a an option because we do talk about a lot of the the sort of higher end lists that maybe half series five cards in them are a bit hard to get. So this one is very approachable if you're looking for something sort of early pool three to be playing but with that let's head on to to modok what what's your give me your first uh your your impression on Modoc so far um as as the season pass card and have you had it have you had a chance to experiment with it
1: i think it's a pretty powerful card honestly uh i i the issue is powerful it, it is powerful but the decks it goes into are Fundamentally inconsistent in a way that really bothers me.
0: Hella, uh, is it consistent? I think, what?
1: <laughs> I think that I have not played a MODOK list that sort of reliably does the thing enough. The, the power ceiling is so high. And I think it's the kind of thing that, like, weirdly might see more success in battle mode than anywhere else because people will disrespect it and you probably will be able to 8 cube them. But I I just don't think that it's the kind of thing that I could reliably bring to ladder where it's a grind, a large sample size thing, and also where there's this human element of when your deck just doesn't fucking work, you get mad at it. So it makes it hard for me to recommend it for anyone who wants to play ladder, but as far as its actual power, it's strong as shit. When M.O.D.O.K. is doing the thing, it is legitimately very good. Yeah. The, uh, it's so just the issue is you don't want to be running like here. Here's the issue. You don't want to be running other discard cards unless they're targeted discards because you don't ever want to discard your M.O.D.O.K. But if you're not running these other discards beyond Colleen Wing and Lady Sif and you don't draw your M.O.D.O.K., it's like, oh, shit, what does my deck even do?
0: Yeah, I have the Modoc, Hella and Viz list pulled up right now, and you talked about eight cubing people. It's funny because uh, <laughs> it's poten- It's possible that the best way to eight cube like very good players is to just play a deck where y- y- it's just random on the lot. La- nobody know- nobody knows who's winning that last turn because the Hella is just putting things in effectively random lanes. Um, but yeah, I mean Hella decks for me have always been. Uh, not fun. <laughs> uh, this one is a bit mitigated by that, because it is playing the Im- Invisible Woman to try to protect you a little bit, but outside of that, yeah, I mean, it's, you kind of need to draw the card. If you don't draw the card, you're going to be in a bad spot. And at that, like you said, it's still a bit of RNG from there. All right. Yeah.
1: I, like, when you do the thing with a MODOK deck, it's legitimately powerful. The card itself being eight power is really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, like it's it it was powerful enough that I had, like, like I said, I built a deck just to play leech into it, right? I was like, all right, you know, I respect what this deck is doing enough to like, I'm going to build a leech deck now. I think this deck is is powerful enough for me to not want to play Shuri Vision and that to instead want to play leech, right? That that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like, isn't that like a really like I'm really showing respect to that deck? Yeah. Uh, I, and then it just turns out Leech is good, so <laughs> there is there is there is that, like, Leech is just kind of a good card, uh, but you know, other other than that, other than that it's, uh, it's, uh I, I, I think MODOK is powerful, I really do, I, I, if someone ever solves it, I would love to play it, but I don't want a bunch of people to come to me and be like, I solved MODOK and just show me the same MODOK lists, right? Like, I don't have, I don't have a lot of respect for any of the ones out there right now, they're all fine, but neither of, none of them are elite does that make sense yeah it does make sense they're like they're
0: totally fine but i do you think uh, a bit of a tangent here do you think leech is the most irritating card in marvel snap uh frankly i'm a leech enjoyer now <laughs> leech enjoyer wow that's a you really you really swap sides there um let's go on to my favorite this is this is my favorite Monarch list, the Dracula Discard Monarch. It does run Lockjaw, which um, you know, I, I have run this list without it. But it's it's really consistent for a discard deck. Um and effectively what you're doing on turn six. Yeah, okay, hold on, hold on. For a discard for deck. For a discard deck. I think that this deck what is. What about like, for a deck? It's honestly, it's it's consistent. It's I don't think it's it's not as consistent as the decks that I like to play. Like I often. Avoid, there we go. Yeah. There I, we. There we go. Yeah, but I, I'm i uh, I'm a bit allergic to like the high variance list, even though they might have higher cube equity in a game like Marvel Snap. I just I stray away from them, and it's probably to a fault. Um, but with this specifically, like. This list, I felt like, was playable before Monoch, and effectively what you're doing on turn 5 is, is if you draw the Modok, you're, you're keeping these Swarms in hand. You've discarded the Swarm to Colleen Wing or something else if you've gotten a bit lucky and you have extras in hand. And on turn 6, what Modok's doing is, is discarding all the Superfluous cards in your hand um, that you don't want to yeah. be playing. It discards your Apocalypse to buff it, and it discards your Swarms to duplicate it. And on turn 6, you're playing out all of your Swarms and then your Dracula is going to uh, basically do the apocalypse thing and it's relatively consistent and powerful at that i think that a lot of players like this deck is actually more predictable than you think but your opponents will very very often disrespect um the swarms and like they just won't really do the math when it's right how how much of that is just because it's new right i think it's new and a lot of people don't play the list as well sure yeah. Cause I think the, I think the swarm stuff, the, sw- the swarm Dracula uh, stuff is like very predictable, right? Like you can pretty much guarantee like they have X amount of swarms in hand. They're going to be, you know, playing them to, to Y lanes and the Dracula is going to be 16 power because that's what the apocalypse is at. But a lot of people just, I, I think that they kind of let that go and they're like, uh, we'll see what the Dracula discards, like, maybe it discards something, it's like, no, it's always gonna be discarding the Apocalypse, um, mm-hmm. but, it, it's okay, I think this is, the, this would be the list I would play, if I was, uh, someone was like, you gotta play a, a Modoc list.
1: I agree that it would be the list I would play if you had to play a Modoc list, there are a couple, like, individual card choices that I am not sure about, or at least that kind of, like, weird me out in that mm-hmm. sense, where it's like, okay, so... This is kind of the thing I was talking about, right? Where it's like you have Hellcow and Swordmaster in here, and then you'll have these games where you just draw like Moon Knight, Lady Sith, Hellcow, Dracula, Swordmaster, and you're like, "What the fuck is this deck supposed to do?"
0: <laughs> yeah, you're playing, uh, you're playing a six-eight Apocalypse on turn six. You're like, "Oh my god!" Right? You know, you're just leaving those games, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just bad. Hundred percent. I mean, hundred percent. You're leaving those games, and I think that you, you maybe I guess like myself, try to kind of, kind of trend towards lists that give you game when you don't draw the most powerful thing you can be doing. But there's like a lot of other lists in Marvel of it's like I want to do this thing and the cube system allows me to sort of play right. games, leave games that I don't get it and uh, snap and try to A cube and four cube people when I do get it. And that's a play pattern that I personally right, don't enjoy. Like,
1: what I'm saying is like you have to be willing to risk that. 100%. You ha- if you want to play a deck like this, you have to be like, all right, I am going to get those cubes back <laughs> because yeah. there's like, I don't know how many percentage, I don't know what the percentage is ballpark at 20% of games. You don't get to play, which means you have to be making those that 20% up in the games. You do get to play. And I kind of just don't think these decks are strong enough to make
0: that 20% up. Yeah, Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great, that's a great argument and it's probably correct. That's why we don't see more of them. Um, all right, but that's gonna close it out for the for the list any any sort of closing thoughts, cam sort of on the meta where you expect it to go, things you're experimenting with over the next uh, week or coming weeks?
1: uh I just put up my video on the the mover deck uh, where uh it's uh we're bringing we're bringing we're bringing the leech back so I'm not sure I'm not sure if that will impact the meta game or not. I have no idea, but uh. Boy, boy, he he seemed pretty damn good when I played him. <laughs> um and uh I, I had very little trouble with uh I mean I would say very little trouble. I was able to beat Death Wave. You yeah? know? That that that's really all I'll say. I don't think it's like a hundred percent or anything like that. I don't think anything's a hundred percent in any game. I think generally, oh this is a good point. Tangentially, I'm really getting sidetracked here, but people tend to think of card game matchups as way more lopsided than they actually are. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, "Oh, we crush this matchup," and it's like fifty-seven percent. It's yep. like you know that is actually that is actually what a crushing a matchup is in the context of a card game, right? If you're like a fifty percent winner in a matchup, you're fucking god, right? <laughs> like, that's actually amazing. You're you're in a great spot in that matchup, but it also means you lose uh, close to half the time. So, <laughs> I think generally people need to accept that a little bit more. Uh, just 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 a a, a note.
0: Yes, you are 100% correct, and that is, uh, that is hilariously apparent in, in other card games as well, where you have a deck that's extremely favored into another deck, and it's 55-45. But that's yeah, like-, like this is really common in Magic, where mm-hmm. it's just
1: like, this deck is
0: amazing against the field, and what
1: amazing against the field means is like 54%. And it's like, you know what, that actually is amazing, right? If you have a 54% win rate before you even play a card, that's insane, that's unbelievable, that's so good. But also, it's still only 54%. that's like fundamentally what we do in card games is try to give ourselves as big of an edge as possible right Uh, but that edge is only apparent over longer sample sizes and so you like, be careful like of drawing conclusions from a video. It, it, I, there, there's a great quote from, I think, Andrew Bogan where it says, hmm. the art of competitive magic is the art of generalizing from a sample size that's not big enough to actually support your theories <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> like, you just have to guess a lot of the time. You have to be like, okay, this this makes sense here. This, this is how it looked in our testing. This is how I feel it should go. And then combine those into a, a, a thesis, yeah? And I think that's true in a lot of card games.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, <clears throat> we did get a review this week. We got a we got a pretty funny one. So I'm gonna go ahead and read this out. This is from CKEF, and it's a it's a five star review in Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for that. But. They say, I've long played other TCGs, replacing Pokemon with Magic the Gathering, the Magic the Gathering with Flesh and Blood. With a new kid, I haven't had the time to go to my LGS and play and needed something simple and quick to get my TCG fixed. So this past week, I started playing Marvel Snap. After figuring things out, I wanted to find a podcast I could listen to at work to get all the info about different builds as well as the evolving whoa, meta. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Are you telling me you're doing time theft? <laughs> yeah. With our podcast, we are not responsible for this person's oh, yeah. gonna time. Have to, uh, they go to jail. Yeah,
0: we're going to have to report CKEF. Yeah, um, you get, We're reporting you to HR. Outed. It says, the, the snapshot has offered me just that. There are many positives to this podcast and a few negatives. Oh, both of which I'll describe below. The pros. Very informative and entertaining discussions each week. Getting to learn from Cam Best has definitely helped me grow as I continue this journey through the game. And his banter with Brendan is certainly fun to listen to. The con. Brendan is a very knowledgeable player. But I do really want to learn about his two. Uh, no, do, no, no, no.
1: Do I really? Yeah,
0: do I really want to learn two TCGs from a severely cursed player? I know he's. he said it's unlikely his curse would rub off on anyone else, especially considering it It seems to deal with fab stream matches. But I've had some pretty devastating turn six losses since I started linciting. Coincidence? Doubt it. All that said, 1010 10 would recommend. Not yep. a coincidence um there's a rumor about me being uh being a cursed player but um it's, what do you mean rumor it's absolutely not true uh, it's facts absolutely not true just, uh, he's curse you he will never win anything dude it is it is absolutely <laughs> fake news that i've lost every match on stream i have won a couple but people just they love the they love the narrative
1: i have uh, never seen it <laughs> well i've not- never seen you win a flesh and blood match on stream please don't ask me how many flesh and blood matches i've ever watched yeah enough but i have never seen it well,
0: I can't lose on stream anymore because uh, I'm commentating, so there we go.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the move, right? That's actually the biggest dub you can take is a steady paycheck out of a card game career. Oof, that's the move.
0: Uh, the best thing about Flesh and Blood is if you play it long enough, is going to be the people, the community, your friends, the experience. And anything that maximizes that is is absolutely the move. So I agree with you, and I think that I am extremely Oh, that's hope. Really That's That's, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's okay that I'm cursed
1: because people get to make jokes about it. That maximizes that maximizes the the experience for you.
0: No, no, no. I'm just saying like, I agree with you that commentating is like such a, such a, no, no, I'm saying (laughs) that, that I'm saying commentating is like such a, it's such a fortunate thing to be in because, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll take whatever line that just gets no, me there. No, no, no,
1: abs- absolutely, I'm with you. But I thought for a second you were saying like it's okay that I have
0: this running gag <laughs>
1: because oh, people get to make jokes about it, and that brings the community closer together. Like this is a Disney movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> it's like <got> that <laughs> smiling crying face with the mask on. Yeah, it's,
1: it it's it's the it's the smiling it's the smiling the smug Wojak over the crying Wojak. <laughs> yeah.
0: Guys, it's just it's just a meme. Uh, I didn't. Just... <laughs> I didn't practice at all, <coughs> just months in advance. Um, anyway, if you got, if you want to get your review read out on the podcast, go to ratethispodcast.com slash snapshot. It helps us out so much, so we appreciate everybody who's done that. So far, we the We promise funnier, we won't report you to HR. Yeah, we won't report you to HR, and the funnier the better. Um, <laughs> anyway, there's a video version of this podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Uh, hit that like and subscribe while you're there. We're close to 1,000 subscribers, and it's actually relevant now because apparently uh, to join Marvel. Snapchat sort of content creator program you just need 1k subs and i think once we get there we can start doing some giveaways for season pass stuff and bundles all of that i think that's where you unlock that at this point um anyway i'm on twitter brendan apg cam is at KMBestMS, and he's also streaming marvel snap every single day uh, you might not be able to see him run up to infinite because he did do that almost at during I'm already the, there yeah i think you did there. you did um you did at least 20 percent of it during the podcast i believe last week <laughs> yeah i did
1: i did i only told i only told brendan after i was like hey brendan you realize i've been playing snap this whole time and he was like oh man you were actually so much more engaging it's like oh (laughs) wow thanks man i really appreciate that thank you so much
0: i should do this more often um what's your stream schedule for people that want to want to check you out
1: uh six six p.m uh eastern every weekday on the weekends it's usually a little bit earlier uh, because I know there are people... Uh, the reason my schedule is 6 p.m. Eastern is because that's when I get home from work. <laughs> so I get home from work, and then I go stream. Uh, I don't have work on the weekends, you know, thank God. And uh, that is pretty straightforwardly, because uh, people in the uh, on other parts of the world might want to, you know, watch my stream. I know I get a lot of people coming from, like, Korea and Europe and they prefer an earlier stream time so my weekend streams tend to be earlier there's not really a set time for them usually it's like three or so but or so is kind of a big a big uh modifier on that
0: Mm -hmm. awesome well check them out Uh, we're going to be doing a mailbag episode next week because i will be out uh, in austin that weekend so if you want to get a question read out for the mailbag you need to be submitting those to the YouTube comments below as soon as possible. Cause we're going to record maybe early this week. Not sure. And we're also going to put out a uh, uh, sort of a call to action for questions on the canvas discord. So join that discord if you're not yes. in it yet, but anybody, anyway, we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.